Let me take you to a very distant time. 20 years after the first Pentecost Sunday. The scene, the shore of Lake Tiberias. The long shadows cast by the, a stand of palms tell us that it is evening there. A cooling breeze wafts in from the calm, mirror-like water. To the west, a fiery red sun is declining beyond the craggy, low-slung hills. It's one of those rare, enchanted times, one of those precious settings made for stopping a while to rest, to think, and to sense the real presence of Christ. The dreamy stillness is broken by the sound of two men walking toward a grassy knoll near the stand of scrawny palms. Not far behind, three more men follow. They're engaged in a quiet but very earnest conversation. As the three join the two on that patch of grass, we become aware that this is no chance meeting. The three, Peter, Paul, Matthew, are facing a stern crisis in their lives. They have come to a decision, and they have asked their old and tried friends, Andrew and John, to meet with them there to, to discuss it. An awkward silence follows the effusive greetings. The men sit tensely on the cool evening grass. It is Peter as usual, who finally breaks right into the subject. Look, he says, we've been at this for 20 years now. Tell you the truth, I'm tired. I, I'm getting old. I just can't go on at this pace. Look, I have a chance to buy back into the fishing business, and in a few years I could be on my feet again. My, my mother-in-law has just opened this boarding house in Capernaum. I, I could live there for next to nothing. Mind you, I'd not be quitting altogether. In my free time, like on Sundays, I, I could stop in on the communities around Capernaum, you know, keep an eye on things. Paul nods his head in solid agreement. Yes, yes, he says, there's no security in this hand-to-mouth existence. I, I've just got to put away something for a rainy day. Now, Priscilla and Aquila have, have started this tent-making business in Ephesus, and they, they've offered me the distributorship in the principal cities of Macedonia. The thing's just booming, just too good to turn down. And besides, as I travel around, I, I can check on the churches I've set up, you know, on weekends. Eagerly, Matthew joins in his ascent. My story of the life of Christ, it's selling well enough right now, he says, but, but what if there's a persecution? Who's going to buy the book then? I've checked with the government employment office and find I can be reinstated in my old job as tax collector and pick up all my past pension credits. In a few years, I could retire. Besides, I could still do some writing in my spare time probably do more good for the cause than all this running around. And so that was it. They had had enough. They were weary and discouraged, fearful of the future. Their trust in the Lord was wavering. They want to reduce 
their apostolic commitment. They want to quit. The once roaring fires were now damped down to dying embers. For a long moment, John and Andrew say nothing. They gaze at the scarlet, rippling reflections of the setting sun in the water, a distant look in their eyes. They display a calm exterior, but inside their minds are churning. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. It's not their words which break the silence, but the sudden sound of a vagrant gust of wind rustling through the palm fronds. But it's enough. The effect is electric. All of the veterans' heads snap skyward, and the thoughts of each fly back to that other long-ago time, that other place, that other wind, that mighty rushing wind that had filled them with the power of the Holy Spirit on that glorious, never-to-be-forgotten day 20 years before. The day when the holy fire danced and darted above and around their heads. Oh, what exploding power they had on that day. What fiery faith, what absolute trust. How Peter had preached that day to the startled and wandering crowd. It is Andrew, good, quiet, solid, dependable Andrew, the apostle of towering faith, who gives voice to what is now pounding in their yearning hearts. Pointing to a nearby stretch of beach, he says, Peter, that, that beach over there, isn't that where we landed our boat after the miraculous catch of fish? You remember the very day we quit the fishing business. Remember what the master said that day? Fear not, from henceforth you shall be fishers of men. I wonder, Peter, how long is henceforth? Is it 20 years, do you think? If he meant 20 years, why didn't he say 20 years? Not waiting for an answer, Andrew turns and, and points to a hillside. That, that hillside there, he says, that's the very same one where the master fed the 5,000. Will you ever forget his face that day? The compassion, the longing, as his eyes surveyed that tired and hungry crowd. Then he begged us to pray that laborers be raised up to gather in his harvest. If we are to continue to pray for laborers, for, for men and women to rise up, leave everything and follow him, can we do less? He had made his point. Peter rubs his red eyes with his sleeve, blows his nose loudly. Paul's face grows hard. Thunder sits anew on that cragged brow. The jaw tightens. 
Deep in those coal black eyes, the ancient fire begins to blaze as in the days of yore. Impatient, as if straining at some invisible leash, the Lord's old war horse paces nervously back and forth, back and forth. Slowly, Matthew pushes himself up from the grass and, and looks around at them all. With a sigh of resolve, he says, Oh, you're right. No need to talk about this any longer. Let's just pray together. Etched against the purple twilight, the five men of God silently join hands. And as they pray, the lake and the grassy knoll, the things of time and sense recede with a rush. And once more, they are back in another time, another place. And the Lord is with them there, gloriously coming through the barred doors, cheerfully greeting them, showing them his hands and his side, meeting them in the red dawn of the lake, teaching them, all the while telling them to fear not. I have overcome the world. Go out there to every nation with the good news. And don't forget, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. They stand, each with his own vision now, and then they're gone, never to see one another again, until they're all together at the heavenly victory banquet. Matthew on his way to Ethiopia, Peter to Rome, Paul to Macedonia, Andrew to far-off Russia, all to martyrdom and glory. Andrew stops and looks back at John. Quickly he comes back and gives John a final embrace, warm and wordless. Then he races to join his brother Peter striding toward the road to town. Gone, all gone. Long stands John, revolving many memories, till the departing apostles are small dots fading into the gathering gloom. Slowly he climbs to the top of the hill of loaves and fishes. Straining his eyes beneath an arch of hand, he sees or, or thinks he sees the specks of his friends. Then it is dark, too dark to see. Pulling his cloak tight around him against the quick night chill, John prays. Lord, don't hold this against them. You know how often I have felt the same way and how close I came to leaving this work. But you strengthened me as you have strengthened them. And you know that many apostles who come after us will face the same difficulties, tire under the same strains, suffer the same lack of trust. Strengthen them as well, Lord. Help them to see that the power of the Holy Spirit is never-ending and always available. And all they need do to have it is to call on you and cling to one another. 
for a brief while, John lingers on, savoring the moment. He watches the first stars wink into light. For the very last time, he listens to the blessed waters of Tiberius Lake gently lapping the shore. Waters that the Lord walked upon, and Peter too. John smiles broadly as he starts homeward. Yes, he thinks. Yes, Peter was right after all. There is joy as he begins to run to his duties. It seems that those words of Peter, clear and loud and distinct, pursue him, rolling out of the starry night, across the dark waters, across the hills, across the whole world. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. Amen.